I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Your source for big and targets of tackle empire. Welcome back to Off Tackle Empire, the official SB Nation outlet of the what remains of the Big Ten Conference. Uh, we're talking about football. Um, as we're recording this on Monday, the 30th of November, there are Big Ten college football games scheduled for our consumption. I'm Steve Brun with Andrew Krzyzewski, and how many more of these are there still going to be by the time this podcast drops? I don't know, but no time to stop. I'm mad they should be that Ohio State didn't forfeit the game so that we could, like, you know... I I mocked up the I mocked up the we totally would have covered the spread against Ohio State shirt for some of these guys. <laughs> but but I think that one of the reasons that they were all in a tizzy was because the Ohio State athletic director said, could we have played the game? Yes. But we thought that it was the responsible thing to do to so it's like, wait a minute, you could have played the game? Well, what are we what are we doing then? Like I think, first of all, let me just say that. I don't believe that for a second. Absolutely <laughs> not. Oh, because that, that has reduced their margin of error to absolutely nothing. Um, if they miss any more games, they're not eligible for the conference championship game. And even though the the college football playoff selection content that I have consumed this year seems to be much more focused on the importance of the eye test than usual, which is code basically for the committee saying, look, we can actually do whatever we want. So get out of here with your dumb numbers and records and stuff. Um, the, look, all that stuff notwithstanding, a team that's only played five games getting included in a, in a field with teams that have played nine, 10 or 11, that's going to be a difficult sell. So it's important to Ohio State to get at least one more regular season game, even though if even if they're left out of the conference championship game, I would assume they'll still be able to play that last week. They're just going to have to settle for like the number two team in the East, which shit, man, are they going to, ha- do they get to beat the crap out of Indiana or not Indiana? Um, who are their, their crossovers Wisconsin? were. Yeah, that's, that's a distinct possibility is that Wisconsin has to play them again. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. We always want to see Ohio state, Wisconsin. That game's always so fucking great. Every single time we have to see it. <laughs> Yeah, it totally rules. There's, you remember the one time where we thought Wisconsin might stick around to the fourth quarter and they totally didn't? Yeah, or there was that one time when Ohio State got out to that lead and then Wisconsin scored, but Ohio State was never challenged. Um, and, and you know, you know the other, the most perverse thing about that, if that ends up being the matchup, that game, because of Ohio State's potential to still be in the playoff field, is going to get so much more attention than the actual conference championship game, which would be Wisconsin's going to be ranked. Wisconsin's going to be ranked higher in the AP poll than Northwestern. <laughs> <laughs> Northwestern just lost to Michigan State. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, absolutely. They'll, Wisconsin, Ohio State will be between two higher ranked teams in the Big Ten championship game. 
you know what this no you know what this is gonna be this is gonna be like how bolivia has two capitals because like the, the parliament is in one city and out like the judicial capital is is another city or something like that i forget it i used to know i used to know things about places um but it's it's gonna be like that where it's technically the legal distinct like or you know actually what's gonna be more like is israel where there's because you know that fans of ohio state are gonna claim well we won the game against the best team from the actual best team from the west everyone knows we're the actual best therefore our embassy is in jerusalem whereas the rest of the world's like yeah no but according to all the rules and everything uh, this game between Indiana and Northwestern determines the championship. So that, yeah, <laughs> man, I hope this isn't straining the analogy too much, but no, Indiana. Well, let's not forget that we're doing putting your embassy in Tel Aviv. Yeah, they'll be the they'll be the undercard despite being the championship game. But let's not lose sight of the fact that we're doing all of this to support Ohio State's bid for the playoffs, and they had one job. All they had to do was not canceled their games due to a COVID outbreak. They didn't get it from another team like Illinois because uh, Maryland canceled their game against them. So yeah. what happened? I don't give a shit that it might be unfair for me to say, you know, to, to, to expect that Ohio State has to lock down all their kids. They're the ones that wanted this. They wanted this to happen and we did it all for them and they can't hold up their end of the goddamn bargain. Uh, I just don't understand okay. how I'm supposed to explain it to my players. Leave it at that. No. <laughs> I, I mean, can you imagine, though? Like, I believe, I think the circumstance I saw this was really, I don't want to play them. And the conference, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I, I feel like one more victory my team can seize this year, it would be for Michigan State's athletic department to say, um, hey, actually, Mr. Mr. Warren, we're not comfortable playing. Uh, can you cancel the game, please? And it wouldn't be a forfeit because, again, Ohio State wasn't a forfeit, so this wouldn't be either. This big hit, look, you know, it, it's all about the safety. And we also want to use our cancel a game card, and we choose in the conference championship game because I'm, oh, I'm terribly end up 500 on the year, maybe. So that's what we're going to do with our week off. What are you going to do with your week off? Go Ohio State. Oh. Some college football. Here there's a, a game day is probably going to be good. What are you going to do with your week off? Conditioning? Going to happen. Maybe maybe, maybe some conditioning. I think uh, maybe some socially distance cardio. It's the best, but I get your point, which is that teams between games between bad teams can also be good. This game. But this is, is the game between terribly... good teams that's likely to be shitty to watch. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you're saying that because I think I think we agree that both defenses are better than the opposing offense. So there's not going to be a lot of scoring, but that doesn't mean it's going to be a bad game to watch. And yes, look, Indiana's chances in this game are diminished substantially because Michael Penix Jr. is now out for the year. That's not great. You don't want your first start for your new quarterback to be at Wisconsin, but it's not like they've got the crowd behind them. So there's, uh, you know, when I put the, when I put the summary together here, for some reason, I thought there was still a way Maryland could win the Big Ten East. and if there's a funnier Big Ten championship matchup than Indiana versus Northwestern, Maryland Northwestern might be it. Would you agree? Yeah, the rematch of a 44 to three game from Week One would be pretty lit. Yes, <laughs> yes, especially if Maryland then won that game. But uh, that I don't believe that can actually happen. I, I misread the schedule, the, the um, standings. So anyway, 
It does not seem like Wisconsin has any continuing COVID issues. They will presumably be at full strength. But remember, Minnesota is now currently in the middle of a second worse outbreak after they had one at the beginning of the season as well. Um, well, and you don't know that Wisconsin doesn't have COVID issues. They just might not be reporting them. That's okay. That's true. But if you're I, Indiana, at what point do you start to take out your starters um, to minimize their risk of exposure? Because you don't want to lose them for the Big Ten title game. You're now about to inherit the mantle. That's true because <laughs> shit. <laughs> I wonder then, and I'm thinking less about this game than the one next week. Like, if you're Indiana, you've clinched your first ever division title in school history. Probably already had your, like, do you consider just clowning on the bucket and not playing any of your starters in that game either? I'll tell you <laughs> what. I if you win that game, it will really piss Purdue off to no end. They'll <laughs> they'll get no sleep about it. They'll just... Oh, oh my god. god, they'll they'll just go go around the house punching things and throwing shit and I mean <laughs> I violently and combatively drinking. I say that because it happened to me two years ago. <laughs> I understand that it's not gonna happen. And it's it's not the kind of thing that probably even crosses Tom Allen's mind. I get all that. What I'm saying is this has been a terrible year. I just want things to entertain me. And as we've seen in the past, that that does not always mean the smartest or most responsible things. Like just just do something funny. That's all I want. <laughs> I don't really know what to make of this game. I kind of expect Wisconsin to win because their offense is is going to be steady. And I don't know that Indiana can necessarily um, put the exact. Indiana puts the pressure on you, but they're not necessarily immovable like Northwestern's front. True, but remember, Northwestern's front turned out not to be that immovable because Michigan State was able to run on them, and we know what that's meant for the last few years. If Michigan State can run on you, you got a problem. So that Wisconsin couldn't figure out a way to run against MSU, I think could hint at some real issues with the Wisconsin run game, which is hard to understand because their line looks as good as ever. I think it's really just because they haven't settled their tailback use yet, honestly. I mean, I think if Wisconsin has the common sense to look at the tape they've got and realize Jalen Berger is their next big thing, he's their most talented running back by a wide margin, and these other guys really need to be in more bit roles. Like, if you're at the goal line, by all means, put in Nikia Watson. If it's third and nine, by all means, put in Garrett Groshek. Other than that, 80% of the snaps, see how much this kid can handle because he really could be something. He could be the next Jonathan Taylor. Look, the comparison him coming out of high school was too easy both four-star prospects from new jersey like next in the long chain of wisconsin running backs out of new jersey perfectly such that it felt almost lazy to make that comparison preseason but we've seen it on the field like he is he looks by far the best against northwestern but they only gave him like 14 carries or whatever so i think if wisconsin does that they're probably in good shape here if they don't get their run game tracked indiana can absolutely victimize graham mertz the same way northwestern did a little bit yeah i mean it 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 would be interesting to say, I mean, because Wisconsin just hasn't played any games. So right. we, have, we have so few data points. It's like, well, do we look at the Northwestern game where their offense basically rolled over trying to back out of the driveway? Or do we look at their two other games against teams with pretty weak defenses and try to conclude something from that, given how long ago they were? Like, it's it's hard to project them. Yeah, I mean, th- there's just no way that you can talk about this game like I defy anybody to talk about this game for 10 minutes and not bring up coronavirus at all, even indirectly, because coronavirus has dictated everything about this game. Yeah, it has. And I don't know. (laughs) Again, the only exception was the Penix injury. Yeah, which 
as we must reiterate, absolute bummer. Um, awful. Just awful. I mean, about the, about the only silver lining. If, if next season starts on time, it would be a real stretch to get him back for the beginning of the year. But people are, a lot of these athletes recover from it faster all the time. It's not out of the question that he's back to full strength before the conference season starts if we have a normal schedule next year. That's a big if, by the way, guys. So, um, okay, moving along here. A game which itself was also thrown to a little bit of doubt today when Michigan paused all team activities due to, I don't remember if they specified the number or not, but they discussed them as presumed positives, which is not an encouraging term. So we're on our third game, and of those, we we can now say like two of them are in doubt, with one of them being like, there's virtually no chance it happens. Yeah. Um, and so obviously the problem there is Maryland is coming off of an outbreak themselves. It's kind of questionable whether they would have been able to get their ducks in a row. But now the other team in this game is in a situation where they may have to cancel. So the interesting possibility here, and again, like, I don't know how to talk about this game because even if it happens, it sounds like both teams are going to be missing a number of players and we don't know exactly who. And when Maryland has played, they were missing it like before in the run up to last week's game, they were going to be missing a ton of starters. That's and and I Michigan as well, Michigan's already shorthanded because of normal injuries. So, and I don't want to presume that everybody's like stupid here, but I was just, I, I was struggling to explain it to myself a little bit that like, um, if you have an active coronavirus outbreak, then basically the more team activities you hold, the more of a risk it is. And that's why playing a game with an active outbreak, even if you don't have any of those players is a risk because you have to keep practicing. You can't shut down your operations and quarantine anybody. So uh, if Michigan really wants to have an excuse to cancel Ohio State, they'll play this game. <laughs> Just, again, like the equivalent. At least they sure as shit won't cancel practices. The equivalent of a chicken pox party, basically. Yep. <laughs> Just just make sure you schedule it right before the final exam you haven't studied for and somehow get out of that, at, man. Well, yeah, well, it's macabre. As you recall, Texas, Texas had COVID parties so they could all get prepared to go and get Tom Herman fired, hopefully. Oh, my God. I just. Yeah, yeah, and then all the make, things that all the things up. that Texas went went through for this season, all the things that <laughs> Nebraska went through for this season. Think about all this. Oh man, if like if you're not if you're not laughing, you're crying. That's that's the reason for that reaction from me. Doing both, so, man. So like this game is very much in in jeopardy. There's a non-zero chance that. The, what actually happens is this game and the MSU Ohio State game get canceled, and then Maryland and Michigan State just play each other because that game was canceled two weeks ago. <laughs> so we'd have a chance to make that up. That'd be I wouldn't mind that. Let's you know. Yeah, that would be an interesting game. That's I mean, I would also really like to watch Maryland at Michigan because I have no idea what's going to happen. Oh well, I have no idea what's going to happen in any Maryland game the rest of the year because I don't know if they're going to be able to field twenty-two players. Uh, just say the same I mean, what the fuck can we even talk about between these teams? I don't know. So let's we'll roll on to the next, and we have some data points, and we can talk about Penn State. Okay, that's something we can get some substance out of. I think. Um, and started this before the Penn State Michigan game happened because I expected Michigan to win <laughs> that. Game. So I thought this, I thought this was going to be an 0 6 Penn State team facing a Rutgers team with, you know, one or two wins, but definitely some wind. And they're going to talk about the motivational imbalance. It's a little bit less of a story. I mean, defensively, they've got some guys heading off to the draft because you could 
you could sell this season as we've talked about at length, especially towards the end of our recap episode, that this season, despite, I mean, a two and four record on paper is not going to impress anybody, but given where they've been, they've got to be absolutely thrilled with where this season has gone. And boy, you talk about adding a win over Penn State to that equation. That's going to do wonders for them in recruiting their home state, which is constantly rated by uh, by James Franklin. So there's plenty at stake here, despite this being a matchup of a one and five and two and four team. Does Rutgers have anything extra here? I mean, Greg Schiano is the jerseyest of jersey men at this point, and he got a bunch of guys to come home. So we wonder if he's going to, you know, who is he going to channel? Is he going to, is it going to be the Riley Freeman from the fundraiser, right? Look, man, fuck them. Fuck the bus they came out on. Fuck that creamery. Fuck that lion statue. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that mural that they painted Jerry Sandusky out of. Fuck linebacker Uh, you. Fuck LeVar Arrington. Fuck Matt Millen. (laughs) Fuck the queen. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I don't, know why, I don't know how to, that was beautiful. I don't know how to follow that up. That was perfect. This is Rutgers. My statue wears a turban and it's red. <sighs> That's that is simply too good. Uh, all right. Uh look, there's even if none of the other games currently in Jeopardy get canceled, there's a good chance this is the best game of the week, actually. <laughs> I mean, you let that kind of you know filter into your nostrils for a minute. Um yeah. Do some lobbying for one later, but yeah, the ones that are not canceled are, I mean, I can't declare clear winners. Yeah. We'll talk about the last game that I think, the last game that's in Jeopardy because it's beyond Jeopardy. It's officially canceled Northwestern at Minnesota because the Gophers, again, despite having an initial outbreak at the beginning of this year and then playing a few games successfully, they've now had a total of like 60 positive cases in their program since like a week before the season started. And I just kind of picture PJ Fleck in his, you know, slightly um, uppered kind of mannerism saying, you know, we have a saying here and it's called typhoid Goldie. And now he's going to go through the all, you know, 17 letters in the anagram of what it means. And it's like a 10 minute corporate modern coach, coach speak soliloquy on the value of actually hard work is what it turns out it's about. Um, but that's, you know, if you want to talk about the least responsible program, who's got the biggest number of cases, who did the worst job? There's a way to measure it indirectly, which is how many of your guys caught the damn virus because they weren't maintaining appropriate protocols. Minnesota's got the most cases that we know of by a mile in two separate instances. Like they didn't learn anything is kind of what you can take away from that. So 
know, at the same time, they wouldn't be in this situation if we hadn't decided to chase the almighty dollar and uh, try to get Ohio State into the playoffs. So it's really hard to blame anybody for this. It's kind of like uh, blaming individual. It's a lot like blaming. I'm sorry. It's a lot like blaming individual citizens for, uh, you know, for the choices that they make when the government has told them to stay home and is giving them no means, but no support by which to uh, to do so safely. You know, uh, one thing I totally agree with is that the businesses that are being shut down by government mandate. Yes, it's absolute bullshit that those businesses are being shut down by government mandate without any support. Yeah. And it, look, it's understandable to be mad at the state, for example, for telling you you can't have dine-in service if you're a restaurant, you should really be losing your damn mind at the federal government because they're the ones who could actually prop you up if they have a mind to do it. Same way that if the NCAA had used some of its vast resources to ensure that everyone actually had access to the same testing protocols and were following the same rules, we might have had a uniform, standardized college football season. They didn't do it, so we don't. Not to mention, I mean, fucking vaccines are going to be happening uh i don't know necessarily for for mass consumption but there's the, the trials have been promising it's possible that a spring football season could have happened is my point but those tv dates were already set weren't they yeah couldn't wait Couldn't wait um you know like the vibe of spring football certainly would have been interesting but there were other reasons why that wouldn't have worked such as you know interference with the following season and I, I get why they felt they had to do it now if it was going to happen at all. So let's get through these last couple games. Iowa at Illinois, probably the two most intact teams in the conference from a health and also COVID negative standpoint. Iowa on a four-game win streak now continues their inexorable, inevitable kind of shamble towards the five and a half wins that we projected them to have. And it will be five and a half. They're going to find a way to tie a game, even though that can't happen anymore. Mid-game COVID cancellation with a tied <laughs> score. Yeah, Well, we, we can't call it a no contest because the game started. There was a contest. Everyone saw it. What do we do? Um, well, okay. There's, there hasn't been any, there haven't been any points scored yet. We don't have to worry about giving the game to a it's a tie. Can we can we do that? The NFL does that. Let's call it. It'll be it'll be like we're importing principles from the pro game into college. Yeah, we'll call it a tie. That's how it's going to happen. So uh, on paper, Iowa is the better team. No question about that, I don't think. But Illinois has shown more of a pulse offensively the last couple of weeks. Now, there's a pretty good chance that part of that is just they got to play Nebraska and Nebraska's defense has been pretty, pretty, pretty bad. But Iowa only scored 20 against them. So if you look at your respective results against a pretty recent common opponent, maybe you're feeling encouraged. Huh? Huh? Well, I mean, okay. Iowa's got a quarterback that makes a lot of mistakes. And uh, I mean, one thing I can say is is Illinois doesn't necessarily um, earn quite as much of the ball hawking secondary label. But but they are dev- if the ball gets tipped, it yeah, usually yeah. goes to them. They just, for some yeah. reason, they're just always very attentive on those, and they and they take great efforts to force fumbles. Uh, now, again, that's you know, at this point, it's such a large sample size that it's 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 really difficult to dis, you know to dismiss that. Um, you know, Iowa does get their hands on a ton of interceptions as well, and I th- maybe I'm showing my ignorance here, but I think it really be as might be as simple as the fact that. Both of them play a lot of zone. And so if you've got a bunch of guys just staring at the quarterback, 
Is it not more likely that if he throws a bad pass, somebody's going to be in a better position to pick it off? I think that makes sense, but maybe I don't know anything. Yes, but Iowa plays zone well. Illinois plays it poorly. Nevertheless, though their guys are never in position to make tackles or cover receivers, there's always in position to do so. This is going to be an interesting. Are going to be more interceptions thrown or passing touchdowns in this game? That's a tough one. Um, Exceptions only because we're not really that good against the run, so they're not going to, you know. Uh, wild on Iowa last year. Uh, the only question is going to be, are they going to headhunt him? Because that knocked him out for last year's Northwestern game. And it, it, you know, he's probably going to take some big runs against them. Will they be frustrated enough to just start headhunting again? Well, Gino Stone's headhunting in the league now, so you don't have to worry about him. Um, yeah, it's a fair question. So last I game, what I saw, what I saw last year is kind of just what I want to see, man. Iowa is the is the gold standard of like this is an okay Big Ten team that's going to win more than it loses and never be spectacular. And we competed with them for an entire game. I'd like to see that again. Be cool to win. Um, I don't want to lose sixty three to fucking nothing. So you know, I don't think that's in play. I don't, I don't <laughs> think the Iowa offense has that kind of juice. Notwithstanding the result against my team. Um, that I think was, I, I have thoughts about that that are unfounded, so I'm not, I'm not going to go there, but I have theories about what happened in that game. But anyway, this game could be dumb, kind of fun, low scoring, but still dumb. I yeah. like, I like a one particular turn of phrase that you put in there because it also reflects my kind of low emotional stakes with this season, which is be cool if they won. I picture it basically in the the manner of Matthew McConaughey's character from Dazed and Confused. It'd be a lot cooler if you won. <laughs> yeah. Thing, it's like, yeah. Nobody really cares, but it's just... <laughs> be a lot cooler if you won. Um, all right. So let's wrap this up. We've, we have continued at length. Uh, last game of the week here is Nebraska at Purdue. Two teams that are in very angsty position. Like, th- these are two teams that... It feels like there might be a fight in this game, not because the, they have anything against each other necessarily, but like in the way that frustrated, te- like you can tell like a frustrated teenager, it's like, oh, that kid's going to start a fight any minute now. Um, if you see him out in public in certain circumstances, like it just feels like well, those things where, again, Nebraska's had just very little gone right for them this year. There's always some new thing Scott Frost is complaining about. And you can really translate some of that with Brom as well, although it does feel like more of his grievances are founded in reality, especially vis-a-vis the officiating. And to kind of hit that one on the on the hit that nail on the head a little harder, if there's another terrible flag thrown against Purdue, I have expect Jeff Brom to pull a gun on the ref. Like I there that's a that's gotta be a possibility, right? He lives in Indiana for one thing, so a very pro-Second Amendment area to my understanding. But really, other than that, like, who knows what to make of these teams because it's been so much of a headline season for both of them, if you mean, if you know what I mean, which for Purdue, you're complaining about the calls. For Nebraska, you're always complaining about something. It kind of changes depending on the week. Um, I just, I don't know what to expect well, from this game either. You know, I, if you switch, about, yeah, go ahead. If you switch Purdue's uh, last two games or Nebraska's last two games, then they're in the exact same emotional state because in the last two games, each of them have had a, a game against, you know, a, uh, you could call it a rival that, you know, they that they felt like they had in control that slipped away. And then also a game against a team that they probably expected to beat where they absolutely couldn't stop them on defense. Um, yeah. 
both both of those teams had very very frustrating games the last two weeks that um you know have to leave them wondering well hey wait a second are are we not who we thought we were right and kind of the last thing on this to go back to a point we talked about extensively in the discussion of the purdue rutgers game is that we're finally seeing it anticipated by by the fans of both of these teams since the beginning of this year was announced that Nebraska's once and treasured defensive coordinator Bob Diaco would now be shooting up in the black and gold. It's time at last for the Diaco Bowl. Oh boy, we definitely need a trophy and there is only one man for the job of inventing it. Bob Diaco. Absolutely. (laughs) It's gonna be a terrible defensive game. Uh, Look, I don't know what the over-under is in this, but mash, mash the over. Okay, do yourself a favor, because I would expect this game to get at least one team to get into the 40s, probably both. Um, this game's going to get drunk. Yeah. And that's, you know, again, like talked about, I think in terms of the quality of play and the motivation of, the, like, the positive motivation of the team, I think Penn State-Rutgers is probably the compelling game this week. Indiana-Wisconsin is probably the best game in terms of quality of the teams. In terms of quality of entertainment, I seriously doubt anything else on the Big Ten slate is going to stand up to Nebraska-Purdue this week. This game is going to be drunk. So, well, I mean, the- Iowa-Illinois is going to involve... Uh, I can. I, I basically can't foresee a result where Iowa fans aren't like... Don't complain just like a little bit, right? Like like they win like 38-17 and it's like, uh, I mean, uh, Petrus is just like, come on, man. You know, I mean, I remember... The, I mean, I remember how the incredible state of ennui that Iowa fans had when they beat a 63 to nothing. And they were just like, I mean, whatever, man, you know, it's like, I'm not even that good. It's just stupid. Like, why why don't we even do this? In a way that does that not make them the most Midwestern of all of us? Absolutely. Absolutely. It does. Uh, I do want to point out that Lovey Smith has had three games scheduled against teams who voted against the initial cancellation of the big 10 and has not lost a single game to them, and has one more left. I'll be coming. Your source for Big Ten Talk, it's Off Tackle Empire!